0: 2020 season is here week one is in the books this is a Superflex super show in your standard operating procedures for all your super flex leagues first time doing it here in 2020 the, the the full version of the standard operating procedures and uh first time doing it with my newest co-host mr swagzilla swags what's up man Good to have you here and uh, taking your first shot at the SOPs. How do you feel? Are, are, yeah, man, I'm excited. You confident?
1: <laughs> I'm excited, man. I, uh, I had something all ready for you, though, so I'm still using it. I'm not saving it for a later show. Nice. Um, many will seek advice. Only the wise will profit from it.
0: Oh, I love that. We need to, uh, we need to bring in every show at least the SOPs, we need to bring that in every single time. That's, that's important because this is very informative. This is very advice driven. This is your opportunity to, uh, to go out and, uh, make the difference in your league. This is, this is where fantasy championships are won and lost is on yep. the waiver wire. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you know, we, we talk trades a little bit. We talk buys and sells. That's important too, but you know the the in and, and swags this is why i hate best ball leagues especially those ones that don't do waivers waivers oh my god it's the worst it drives like me two nuts. or three
1: waiver runs a year and you miss them
0: yeah yeah i yeah i never hit them <laughs> but like even even when i actually do it's the this is such a, a revolving door this is such it's in constant motion you know the the waiver wire the the you know, the fantasy viable, the useful players around the NFL. And I've actually have a, a very important question for you before we really jump into this. But just, you know, just the fact that you have to stay on top of this. You're never going to draft a team that's going to, you know, to first of all, stay upright and second, make it all the way through the season and, you know, help you win a championship. Like mm-hmm. those. Those those best ball leagues, what ends up happening is it's like whoever has the most healthy players in week 16 is probably going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it still might not be a full lineup. Like, you're going to see those scores just go down and down and down Mm -hmm. as those players.
1: You don't need to worry about setting your lineup. It's all every – I mean, it's what it is, best ball. Everybody knows, but those best players just shoot into your lineup no matter who they are. And even weeks like this, I mean – when when you're looking at all your lineups throughout the week you're trying to adjust for injuries that happened last minute um and then you start your studs i know you don't like that term but a lot of people that's what they do week one so you start all those guys and then all the guys that hit were like the late wide receivers and
0: week one was so fluky yeah it, and i think it's fair to 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 start your studs in week one um my issue is You know when when we gather enough information later in the season and people are still starting, you know this guy because you drafted him in the third round. Yep, it's like he might not even belong on a roster anymore, much less in your freaking lineup. But you know, in week one, we don't really have an idea, and and that's that's going to bring us full circle here to the standard operating procedures because we had, I mean, you and I came up with a a super long list of names to talk about in terms of waiver priorities. These are guys we had no idea. It's only week one. These Mm -hmm. guys, if we knew that these guys were going to be useful the way that they ended up being, we would have drafted them. We didn't need waivers yet. So, you know, the fact that this is already happening, that we're already seeing these players that we're going to need and who are going to be useful to us, and and you know some players that we drafted that aren't going to do anything for us. The fact that that's already occurring after week one just tells you that you know through a Imagine a sixteen-week season. This yeah. Is going to there's going to be so much fluctuation here. Mm-hmm. So I want to. I, I actually
1: we... love the first one on your list too. Once we yeah. get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And it's going to be a a very low key one. So it's low um, key
1: and I I don't want to give it away, but I mean, it's a guy that it didn't take an injury to make this list. Yeah. And you were on one side of the ball and I was on the other side of the ball
0: and we were both, and then it ended up being this guy. (laughs) Yeah. We were both wrong. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So um, before we, before we get to the SOPs, before we get to the waivers for the week, uh, you know, especially since this is our first time doing this together. But this is also, you know, very the it's the first waiver run of the season for for most people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, particularly in redraft leagues, I'd like to get a feel for your strategy on this because there are two train there there are two schools of thought on waivers in you know particularly uh like in week two. On one hand, there's a bunch of guys available here. Mm-hmm who you can get them now, regardless of the cost, you get them now, you might have them for eight, nine, up to 16 weeks, right? Yeah. Or up to 15 more weeks, essentially. Um, So, you know, you could be buying somebody right now who's going to hold down a roster spot, maybe even a lineup spot for you for the duration of the season or at least a good chunk of it. Yeah on the other hand, you have a limited amount of fab. So we're, you know, we're really kind of talking to the people where, you know, you either have, you're either use the free agent acquisition budget, or you use, you know, the waiver priority system where you maintain top priority until you use it. And then you move to the back of the line, you know, where there's, when, when it, when it changes every week, when it reverts back to, you know reverse standings order yeah your positions there's absolutely no reason not to go hard after absolutely everyone i agree (laughs) i agree but with that
1: said like that format of um, waiver priority is what like kind of years ago when we were using that in some of our espn leagues that's what kind of also taught me to try to stay ahead of the the waiver runs a little bit and like a little bit of the this week, next week, like those ideas, because when you have a dominant team, you never have a a top priority. So that's what kind of started me into looking ahead and wanting to be ahead of those waiver trends. So I totally agree, like always use those waiver claims, but also like, um, you're you're not going to get the best guys most weeks unless you're just in a league where the guys are sleeping on players. So I would always kind of try to look ahead. Like, who do I think is going to be the waiver priority next week? And I'm going to add him on my team now just in case he is. And then you could always drop those players if it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah. Some, some foreshadowing there, because that yep. to me, that's one of the most useful things that we do next week, this week. So yeah, um, we're going to, we're, we'll, we'll have some of those for you as well, but yeah, for the, you know for those leagues where there's there's an there's a cost, there's an opportunity cost to making a waiver claim here in week two. You know, in some cases, again, you know, there, some of these players are going to be useful for you know a good chunk of the season. Some of these players are, you know, they they might be one or two week rentals. Um, either way, it's going to cost you a good amount of money. You know, even even just focusing on the players who are going to be long-term useful for you, mm-hmm. it's still going to cost something. Naheem Hines yeah. is a, is is probably going to be at the top of a lot of peeper, people's waiver priorities this week. And, um, you know, on one hand, yeah, you might get him for, for a big chunk of the season, especially now that Marlon Mack is out for the season. Mm-hmm. But you have to spend a lot to get it. He's gonna be people's top priority this week. Yeah. So my question to you, and not just on Naheem Hines, but just kind of in general, is how do you navigate that? Do you are, are you going hard on waivers here in week two, or are you going yeah. to uh or are you gonna try and save that money for later in the season?
1: No, I man, I love that one. And I and I kind of agree, like if it's non fab, like this might be a little bit different. But even even in some of those leagues, like I mean for me I have a I have a Benny Snell weakness so <laughs> um while I would never cheer for somebody to get injured James Conner got injured he kind of looked Benny Snell looked better once he was playing but then the problem is even with my weakness is we don't know how long Conner's going to be out so for me if I go all in on Snell like when is Conner come back what happens at that point um if Conner's back week 2 does he does he take the lead again until He's either out or they slowly put Snell in. Do I totally waste that? So I'm trying to be a little bit careful. Um, even with Naheem Hines, like, is how much do you see somebody like Jonathan Taylor continue to get more and more integrated into that offense? I do think Naheem Hines has a role, especially, like, Philip Rivers. hate to say it, but Philip Rivers, Austin Eckler-type role, I, I think we're seeing that that could definitely take place this year. So to, anyway, to answer your question, I'm trying – I'm wondering also, like – I've kind of been trying to advise, like, maybe be a little bit patient, let the waiver right, like, let's see who these people drop. Like, who are they going to drop to get some of these players? Like, who can I get because of somebody's overreaction off of a bad week one? Does DeAndre Swift get dropped? Does Cam Akers get dropped? Somebody that I think maybe could help me down the end of the road? Because right now, in I mean, you should be sitting – well enough from your draft unless you completely messed it up. And and that's no shade. Like it happens to the best of us, but unless you completely messed your draft up, you should be sitting well enough to where I want you to add guys to your teams that you think are going to be there for you. Like week 13, 16, like down the stretch. And I want to, I want to hope that we have enough pieces put together on your team to where you can still be viable throughout the season. So Part of me, like in, unless I have a huge need or somebody I really like a lot, I mean, even somebody like Malcolm Brown and Adrian Peterson, how long are they gonna completely hold on to that? I have to think still that like we start to see a little bit more Acres, a little bit more Swift. The production wasn't great for either player, but it was kind of it's still their preseason. Like this is a very outlier year as far as rookies go, guys that have switched new teams. Um, I want to, I want to practice a little bit of patience more this year than ever. So, so there's part of me that wants to kind of see if I can keep my money or my waiver priority to see if something better gets dropped or something that I like
0: more, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think that like, I think that we're gonna end up being in agreement overall on this. I, I'm not a huge fan of going hard after waivers right now. Now I will say if you didn't take the QB extreme strategy, um, you definitely want to hold that money because you know you're you're trying to live off the off the wire. That was the plan all along at quarterback. Was you were hoping for Gardner Minshew to come along, you were hoping for, you know, Mason Rudolph to come along. You know, guys like that, you are hoping for uh, you know, some some of these starting quarterbacks to go down so that you can pick up their backups. So save the money because you're gonna need it for that. Mm-hmm. But if you've got the depth at quarterback in your super flex leagues, you know, it, it makes it so much easier. And this is a big reason to go QBX is because here in season, now you've got depth at quarterback, you're not going to be hurt by an injury or two, you're not gonna be hurt by benchings things like that Uh, so you can you can really afford to save that money for running backs and wide receivers you're actually in the game right now for waivers going after these running backs but all that said i think that we're kind of in agreement that even then you know it sounds like we're we're both kind of trying to save our money yeah the one thing i will say is you know some of these guys these top priority guys, you know kind of the way we price and force in an auction like i th- I still think you need to do that on waivers a little bit. I think mm-hmm. that you need to put in a claim even if it's going to be a lower claim. I think sure. you still want to put a claim on some of these some of these guys just in case you get them cheap. you might be surprised yeah so
1: so with that said, like for the superflex leagues that um you want them to save a little bit of money. Are, is there players you're going after, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but are there players sure. you're going after now, like maybe uh, Nick Mullins or Chase Daniels or somebody like that in a worst-case situation that a quarterback not necessarily loses their job, but mm-hmm. the the quarterback gets hurt? Maybe, maybe Nick Foles, you know, the Mitch Trubisky and Foles situation. Um, I think there's still a chance that maybe you see Nick Foles start at some point this season. You never know how it's going to look like Mitch did have the huge comeback. That's great. But yeah, even that, I don't want to like get overly excited about And I was kind of on the Mitch side of that, but still you're kind of like,
0: yeah, but (laughs) yeah, I know he looked bad, man. Um, Super bad until he he, looked good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He can still run. He ends up with three passing touchdowns. They win the game. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that's always going to buy you a little bit of time and a little bit of good grace. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, But, yeah, I mean, I think if I – so in a lot of leagues where I've got Trubisky, I also have Foles. That was kind of the deal in the offseason. I was drafting both of them together and counting that as one quarterback – yeah. And I'm I'm not ready to clear that roster space yet. I feel I, I don't feel good enough about Trubisky to let Foles go.
1: Well, and I way? don't think the rest of the world feels good enough about Mitch to where you can get a good return on him. I right. think that there's still gonna be so much shade around Mitch that um if I thought we could do well selling Mitch Trubisky, I would have put him on our list today. But I feel like there's still gonna be so much shade around Mitch that you might as well just hold him and see what happens. If it gets a little bit better, though, Mitch is definitely somebody you need to try to sell this season.
0: Yeah, and on top of all, on top of everything else, now for both Trubisky and Foles, now Alan Robinson. Uh, I, so this is this is the big signal now, right? This is the the 2020 version of uh, uh, of uh, like a holdout or whatever. Like this is this is how. Uh, like the the players don't go to the to the newspapers anymore and complain you know or anything like that now they just delete all of the all of their teams branding from their social media so (laughs) alan robinson that's the big news of the day alan robinson i miss that is that right? Yeah, he deleted yeah. everything on I, all I'm of his social Googling media.
1: It as you say,
0: it, yeah, <laughs> yep, everything on uh, on on social media that said Chicago Bears is is gone. He is for all intents and purposes, at least in terms of social media, he's a free agent. <laughs> so wow, um, I, I I I think that the the theory at least is that he's you know demanding a trade you know, it or a contract. Like, yeah. Yeah. A contract extension. Very possibly. Um, it, it, it does end up being just a negotiating tactic generally, but you know, he's in a walk year here, um, uh, looking to get extended, but it, you know, he also, it, it, it is also curious that it happens after week one, after this, you know, relatively poor performance mm-hmm. against a, a defense that we thought should be y- you should be able to move the ball against mm-hmm. a little bit better than what they did i'm all trying to be nice about it since i'm talking to, to the lions fan here but you no, know it, I'm, I'm hoping Allen robinson comes home to michigan there you go man that'd be a fun one there you Gall- go. galladay and robinson Oh. Ooh. Man, oh man, and I, I don't like Marvin Jones, so I, I'm, I'd be fine with that it. upgrade. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Now, now all of a sudden, you know, he sees what this offense is going to look like with Mitchell Trubisky. He sees that they're still going to try and force the issue with Mitchell Trubisky, and you know, maybe that is part of it. He's like, all right, you know what? Get me onto a team where the quarterback knows how to throw a football, please. So, yeah, I, I've got some other names at quarterback for you when we get to next week this week. But uh, Foles did not make the list because I think he's probably rostered in a lot of cases. And I mean,
1: um, he doesn't even have the picture of himself in the. He doesn't even. Have, <laughs> he took his picture off his Twitter feed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. What does that mean exactly?
1: Yeah, he. I mean, he didn't even want himself seen in the Bears jersey that he's wore.
0: (laughs) He doesn't have just, like, a a normal, like, you know, face shot sitting around somewhere, like, just a normal, like, uh, I don't know, like, off of his his passport or something. (laughs) Uh, Well, he's got one of him, like,
1: his profile pic is, like, him holding a football in a suit, but, like, his uh, Twitter banner went from that guy to just, like, a symbol. I don't really know what it is. It's like just an A and an R It it looks like somebody made. I'm Alan Robinson. I know some people who could probably do that for you a little cooler. It's all right though.
0: <laughs> we need to work on Alan. Robinson's resume for hit him. him up. <laughs> we'll maybe we can get him to Trader Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can get him to, to over to Detroit. If with enough, uh, enough work on that. Um, But yeah, so we'll, we'll get to a a couple speculative quarterbacks a little bit later. The problem is right now we don't have anyone who's, you know, who's any more than a a speculative ad just because, you know, I, I obviously no one is taking on a starting job unexpectedly. The, we made it through week one. With all the NFL starting quarterbacks fully healthy, thank God, knock on wood, <laughs> That's, mm-hmm. uh, um, that is a good thing overall. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for those who are chasing quarterback, we don't have, you know, we don't really have those names just yet, but they're coming. So save your money for those guys. Yeah. Uh, that is going to have, somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to need to be replaced. So. Let's get to so the... is Anthony
1: Miller by then.
0: Oh man. I mean, I do you try to
1: sneak man. that in. And I mean, cause I didn't know about the Allen Robinson news. I mean, I've been kind of hanging with the kids, but I've been, I've still mm-hmm. been around enough and totally missed that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we could include it. I mean, my, my feeling is I don't know why they would deal Allen Robinson, you know, like yeah. I, I, there's always the theory always out there is always that, you know, you get something for him before he walks away for nothing, and mm-hmm. and I I get that, but man, like that it, it never actually happens that way. They'll yeah. pro, they'll probably extend him, and you know who's buying right now? Really, you know, I mean yeah. may, maybe San Francisco, but do you is is that really that much of an upgrade from Trubisky mm-hmm. to Garoppolo? <laughs> I don't think
1: probably not. Maybe, we could, um, maybe the Eagles. Chase Daniels might be an upgrade. if they, and Plus, he knows the system. If they got him back, maybe we could trade him Chase Daniels for Allen Robinson because it's probably a quarterback upgrade for the Bears, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <sighs> oh,
0: <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. Well, I am let's... hoping
1: it's more contract-related and, and it gets sorted out sooner than later than him just totally wanting to be moved. I don't know if I want that Stefan Diggs drama with Allen robinson this year
0: yeah i know and again it's it's just really weird timing i don't i don't know like if you really wanted to force a trade do this you know a month ago yeah before you know before rosters are settled like do it then and it it just makes no sense to to do it now in earnest at least you know yeah Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I th- I think that it's a it's a complaint and it's a hey, like if I'm going to deal with this crap for an entire year, mm-hmm. you do. to payment, hey, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you owe me, um, which I think is fair, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to some SOPs, though. Standard operating procedures for your super flex leagues going into week two. Waiver runs for a lot of a a lot for most leagues. It's probably on Thursday, but we're dropping this on Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, just in case uh, you do have those waiver runs on Wednesday. Swags, I'm going to just give you uh, let me just go down this list of names and uh, we'll go one by one. And I want to just see if these are guys that you think are. Are are they actual gold or are they fool's gold? Like, is this somebody actually worth putting in a a waiver claim on of any kind? And then we'll we'll go back through and talk about percentages. But for the moment, I just want to identify, like, are are these guys actually – these are all going to be guys who are going to be claimed off of waivers. How many of them are actually worth putting in a waiver claim just to see if you end up with them? Yeah. So let me start with Naheem Hines again. Marlon Mack out for the season with that uh, Achilles. Was it Achilles yep. or, or ACL? Yeah. Uh, I think out- it
1: wasn't an ACL.
0: Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I don't remember now. I'm not a doctor. that. That's Ethan why we got then. Ethan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> Marlon Mack's out for the season. Jonathan Taylor takes on the lead back role. But, I mean, w- even before the Marlon Mack injury, we saw Naheem Hines heavily involved in that offense and i mean we're not just talking about passing downs which has usually been the case with heinz he was actually in on goal line work he was their goal line back he scores two touchdowns and uh you know it, i i, I want to say he led the team i should really just have these stats pulled up here we are a year later and i'm still doing the same his, thing his achilles
1: ruptured he's out for the year. It's a ruptured Achilles. There you go. That is straight from Ethan's tweet.
0: Oh yeah. Gross. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty gnarly. Um the uh Naheem Hines, 7 carries, Taylor had 9. Uh Hines also had 8 targets. Um I caught all 8. And uh, Taylor had six. So, I mean, they were they were right there in terms of touches. But now you get Mack out of the way. And, I, I mean, it just looks like Hines is going to be pretty involved in this offense. Is mm-hmm. he somebody that – are you putting in a waiver claim on him?
1: Yeah, I think it's for real, especially with Mack gone. Um, I mean, this is one of those ones that I, I, earlier in the season I feel like um, – I'd kind of talked about, I don't know what on show, it might've even been with you, but the the role that might eventually shake out with Jonathan Taylor, Mac, and Hines. And I think a lot of people, including myself, kind of saw Mac going away, whether it was in a trade or he's gone next year, and maybe Hines being that PPR back to compliment Jonathan Taylor. So while, again, would never wish an injury and didn't see that coming week one, it kind of happened a lot sooner than than I ever imagined happening just because of that injury. So I, I I think that Naheem Hines has a role in this offense, like you said, especially as long as Phillip Rivers is chucking
0: the rock. How about Benny Snell? He, uh, I mean, he got in a little, you, you talked about this earlier, but, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he got in against the Giants. And, you know, even before James Conner goes down with his injury, Which, you know, it looks like he's gonna be week to week with, you know, leaning towards probable at this point. But Benny Snell just looked better. He just looked better. Like he looked he looked more spry, he looked more energized. And he had to fumble. Yeah, yeah. He so he did yeah, he did fumble it away once. The other the other issue here is you still have Jalen Samuels, you still have Anthony McFarland. You know, there's, Mm -hmm. it's, they've always committed to, to one back generally, but you know, who's to say for sure who it's going to be. Mm, I think if it's not Connor,
1: if it's not Snell, I feel good about that.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, and and it's just speculating, you know, it's so much going on with week one and how much we want to talk about some of this stuff, but I think it's Snell. I don't think McFarland's the guy for that like lead back role. And it's kind of same with Samuel. I don't think he's really ever showed super well, yeah. even last year um Benny Snell played that one game without Connor and he had a heck of a game, but then he got hurt and he was probably still the best running back on the team last year. He just didn't really get any opportunities until Connor was gone and now this year, Snell comes in and has a uh, i mean he hasn't had a lot of games to be talking about career records but i mean it was a career high game for him so far i i think that they're gonna want i think snell will be hard to keep off the field compared to those other guys
0: yep i yeah agreed um one more guy that i want to put a little bit of detail on and then and then we're gonna run through him pretty fast but uh malcolm brown leads around rams and carries um, even with Darrell Henderson active, even with Cam Akers getting a, a relatively strong workload, Malcolm Brown still leads with 18 carries. He also gets four targets, catches all three, rushes for two touchdowns, uh, average 4.4 4 yards per carry to Akers 2.8. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it, it, it's huge. Yeah, I I don't know if it was, and, and I honestly I didn't watch this game, so I don't know if it was like a quality of opportunity thing, a quality of touches type of thing, or if Malcolm Brown is legitimately looking like the better running back than Cam Akers right at the moment. But yeah, he and he's play. been he's, in the system. Yeah, it, yeah. There's there's definitely that. There's some familiarity and some some comfort there. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a high waiver priority for people. Or is he somebody still worth putting some money on to you? Uh, that's such a tough one for me, man. Like, I know
1: I feel like I And he's not even on our list now that I look. And so you're probably going to hate this, but I feel like I'd rather go after Joshua Kelly.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to make a quick note. Uh, on I just, him, I actually. just kind of
1: think that that role that Joshua Kelly is going to carve himself into is going to be, all season, even if it doesn't have that weekly season that we are kind of perceiving Malcolm Brown will give us, I think that, I mean, with running backs, like it's also one of those things where they, they need the ball, they need to get in their grooves and Cam Akers hasn't had that yet. I think that they're going to be giving him more opportunities, but if Malcolm Brown keeps out playing him, I mean, Malcolm Brown's going to be the guy on the team for 2020 yeah but but I still think that the role that Joshua Kelly could have is kind of something I'm more interested in
0: yeah so just real quick these these guys that we're talking about right now uh, these are guys who are you know most likely available in redraft leagues um, you know unless it's a pretty deep one, and then there's there's also a chance that they're going to be available in dynasty leagues. Mm-hmm. We don't really have access to ownership in Dynasty um, for all these guys. But the, the names that we're talking about right now, I think, are, are available even in Dynasty League. So Heinz, Snell, Malcolm Brown. There's a chance that those guys are available on your waivers in Dynasty Leagues right now. Yep. Um, let me just uh, fire off some some running backs and then you can tell me which ones are actually worth a waiver claim. I'm gonna start with my guy, Miles Gaskin, who ends this up is
1: so hard. <laughs> I know.
0: Again, you y- you you foreshadowed this one, but you know, I was a Breda guy, you were a Jordan Howard guy, and you know, Miles Gaskin ends, <laughs> ends yeah. up being, you know, by far more effective yep. and uh, I think more involved mm-hmm. than either of them. Uh Peyton Barber. Um, ends up being the the lead back, the feature back for the Washington football team. All the hype was around Antonio Gibson. Jaden McKissick like that's was kind of for <laughs> real with Barber too. Really? I okay. mean, for
1: the season, not not for. And I mean, we're talking like redraft, like twenty twenty. But yeah, I I mean, and I mean, I wasn't very into that backfield at all. I was like full honestly after ap and guys were gone i was more of the bryce love guy he didn't even play so unless like he he was injured and he outplays peyton barber i think that that's probably the role that Barber's going to play for now and then gibson if he has worth i think it's more going to be that the pass catching back mm-hmm. um man yeah that that caught me off guard though
0: yeah for sure um, Jarek McKinnon, he ends up with, uh, I mean, he only got three carries, um, to Raheem Mostert's 15,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but he averaged eight, eight yards a carry. Yeah.
1: He looked pretty good in his he first made the game back. <laughs> yeah.
0: Raheem Mostert also gets five targets, four catches, 95 yards in a touchdown. McKinnon also got five targets, um, catches three for 20 in a touchdown. So mm-hmm. he he was, he was pretty involved as well. And then Adrian Peterson, this was this was another tough one. This is one that made me look bad because last week I called Adrian Peterson a drop when he went to Detroit. I was like, he's he's running third behind, yeah, you know, Swift and Carry on. What I was the
1: right there with you, dude.
0: And he ends up not only being the 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 lead back, but I mean, by a wide margin, right? Mm-hmm. He ended up, yeah. um he ended up getting significantly more uh more work than those than the other two. He ends up with 14 carries. Carry on was second with 7. He yeah. also gets 3 targets and catches all 3 of them. Um the uh, uh Swift got 5 targets and, and caught 3 of them, but I mean Peterson was just on the field so much more so much more involved. So so you've got those guys, Gaskin, Barber, McKinnon, peterson how many of those guys are worth a waiver claim um
1: i mean it's so tough dude probably all of them kind of to your point earlier like you might as well put in something for them Mm um i mean even ap i think that he's going to be the guy they lean on early ap though i feel like in his his veteran years he runs down a little bit early and or later, you know, like mid-season, I feel like Adrian Peterson won't have all that left in the tank. He also knows this system from being with the Vikings back in the day, so he didn't he didn't need as much just to get acclimated to this as, as other vets that might have changed teams would have. But I feel like his production kind of dwindles down as the season goes, and he's aged. He, he's not – like Adrian Peterson is a freak athletic specimen. He's always came back from injuries really good, but – He's getting older, man, and anybody that's getting older just knows you naturally don't heal as quickly. You hurt longer. And and that's where he is in his career, no matter what he's done in the past. So I feel like at a certain point, like they can't just pound it with Peterson all day.
0: So of 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 this group is i didn't a- answer
1: your question did i <laughs> uh
0: not quite but i mean I, well, kind of i mean you said that you're putting a claim on all of them right like you're putting yeah. something on them yeah so there's there's no one worth fading there so i yeah i think that was the question who's your top priority here though
1: um of this group i think in ppr it has to be naheem hines and it kind of pains me to say that if we knew that Connor was out for an extended period of time, or if that injury would have been worse, I would, I would say Benny Snell, but that's probably thinking with my heart a little too much instead of my <laughs> head. So, yeah. But would then, it... uh, and then I'll go back to Joshua Kelly and, and I hate to keep doing it to you, but yeah, I'm going to go back to Joshua Kelly for the running backs and I'm going to yeah. add him on my teams.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, I want to talk about him in a second too, but um. Yeah. Of of these guys who might also be available in dynasty. So Heim Heinz is your top priority. What Snell is probably second. Um,
1: in dynasty, if I can get a hold of Snell, I'm gonna try to make that move. Um, dynasty, I think I'd go Snell over Heinz. Okay. Redraft, I think I'd go Heinz over Snell. No, that
0: makes sense. Yeah. Um Let's uh, well, let's let's stay with dynasty for a second. We'll go snell, he's a top priority. How much are you willing to put on him here in week two?
1: Um, well, okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll 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 blow my wad um in dynasty, and that's I I mean, that's how I do it. If there's a guy you want out there, like dynasty, are we don't have the depth on waivers that we might in a redraft type league we play in a lot of deeper leagues even if it's like 28 team 28 players on your team there's just not going to be as many people that pop up throughout the season i know there's still going to be those quarterbacks but um if you listen to john and me and the other guys on the super flex shows um you'll know that we're already taking like the nick mullins and those guys so they're not on your waiver wires because we took them so i'm assuming you you do that same due diligence in your league and try to get ahead of that and have some of those quarterbacks but anyway for me i'm i'm probably like if heinz is there i'm gonna i'll just throw all of my fab on it i don't want that money left over at the end of the season i don't know if like you're gonna get an opportunity for somebody like heinz throughout the year um even same with benny Snell. I'd be surprised if these guys are on your waivers, but if they are, I'm comfortable completely blowing everything on it.
0: So you'll, you'll go a hundred percent.
1: Yep. On, on Heinz or Snell. Absolutely. I will. Cause I think that they have um, some long-term value. I don't think they're just mm-hmm. going to help you this year. I think that they'll, they will be somebody that I, I think their roles will be there especially even Snell. I don't think Connor will be around for the long haul. I think that if Snell has a good season, he he could be for a few years. So yeah, Snell and Hines um if they're available. I I don't know if you have to, but if you have somebody that's a needy team or lost a running back and you feel like you might get outbid, I am comfortable spending 80 to 100% of my fab.
0: Okay. Do you do you think that you'll have to spend that to get him?
1: And that's that's a good question. Um
0: and it's also probably pretty not. dependent. I get probably that. not,
1: John. And and I get what you're saying. You probably don't have to, but man, I am it's one of those things in my head, like I'm I'm I know that I'm gonna be disappointed if I don't get them and I'm outbid by just a little bit a little bit, or if somebody goes all in, I will have rather have gone all in then missed out on them Um hmm. depending on who the players are. I'm more referring to like Benny Snell and Hines for, for this particular exercise. Sure. Um, but, I I mean, honestly, this early in the season, you could probably get away with spending 50% on them, and you should probably come away with them. I'm also, like, not going to spend $50. I'm going to spend 53 just for the guy that spent $50. So I, I have a couple <laughs> dollars ahead of him, you know, because I think a lot of people like to use those rounded numbers. So, and that, that hurts sometimes if you get beat by the same guy or maybe he has a waiver priority over you. So I'm also throwing, like, weird numbers in there. Like fifty-seven or
0: something like that. Yeah, I I love putting a seven at the end instead yeah. of a zero. <laughs> it's my lucky number, so nice. I mean, it's everyone's lucky number. So yeah, that's the way I do it. I, too, I mean, but.
1: where you are at with Heinz uh, and Snell and what you'll throw out for them.
0: Um, in Dynasty, I'm in Dynasty. I'm actually a, a little. I'm I'm more hesitant to spend mm. that money. Um, just because I do think that you're going to find guys. Now I think I, I think that you're on it with Benny Snell. This is kind of what we're looking for. Is you know not only is does he look like the best running back in that backfield right now, but we also know that James Conner is out the door after mm-hmm. this season. So you know you're getting long-term production from from Benny Snell. This isn't just a one-year proposition. You're likely getting the future starting running back of the Steelers. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, so, so that one, you know, I, I, would, I would go a little bit harder. The, the problem is, you know, in week two, I think I'm probably looking at more like 25%. Well, 27% is kind of the, <laughs> <laughs> kind of the number that I would be looking at for like, that's, that's kind of my max this early in the season, just because, Later in the year, you know, regardless of their kind of their long-term outlook, I'm, you know, it's going to depend for me a lot more on where am I at in the season. I will trade, you know, the, the long-term prospect of Benny Snell as a starting running back for, you know, call it... Um, uh, I, uh, you know, Mark Ingram, if, if JK Dobbins were to get hurt, Mark Ingram takes over that backfield all by himself for the, for the, for the fantasy run. I know now here in week two, that I'm going to be willing to trade Benny Snell for Mark Ingram.
1: Yeah. I, or I mean, another example that comes to mind is uh 2018, um, Daniel Williams. Yeah. Or Yeah.
0: Yeah. Damian Dame, Yeah, Damian Williams. Yeah. 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 And and those guys come along and they come along throughout the season. Honestly, Naheem Hines is going to come along throughout the season. Yep. Guys like him. So that's why I don't like to go too heavy right now. Um I could definitely see prioritizing these guys, but again, to me, prior uh, you know, prioritizing in week 2 means like a 27% bid. Hmm. And I would have to be hurting at running back in order to do that. Um Yeah. Just sticking with these guys. What about redraft? Um what who who you're prioritizing Naheem Hines, what what percentage would you put on him? Um ten percent,
1: you yeah. know, like ten to twenty percent. Yeah. Um I might I might move Malcolm Brown up. In the redraft exercise, a little bit. I might even move Adrian Peterson up a little bit in the redraft exercise, and um, I would say that AP, Benny Snell, Hines, Malcolm Brown, all of those guys, I'd be, I'd be comfortable throwing ten to twenty percent at.
0: Okay. And then, uh, who's who's lowest priority out of that group? And um, and how much how much are you putting? Just like one percent
1: for me dude it might be uh miles gaskin and it might just be because of our like my my strong stubborn side that i still think <laughs> we'll see a little more jordan howard you probably well maybe not like spoiler alert but yeah um mm-hmm. i don't know how do you feel about Breda now you're done
0: you're out i think i'm out at least in redraft i mean i I, I just, I don't know that you're going to get a better opportunity to use him. I mean, the, the big knock on him is the durability. Well, mm-hmm. he's, he's healthy at the moment and he still didn't get on the fields. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, obviously there's a, there's, they have a bigger problem than just the fact that sometimes he gets hurt in the, yeah. middle of the game, you know? Yep. They obviously have an issue with his actual talent, and with, um, and and maybe even more than that, they just they
1: maybe McKinnon too. He'd be tough for me to put too much on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he's kind of doing the same thing as Mostert, just Mm -hmm. you know, less of it. (laughs) I I think I'm with you. I think that's probably the one. Peyton Barber, I. I'm still going to put a claim on him, probably in the neighborhood of 5%. Yeah. But, like, I don't think
1: you have to pay a ton for Barber either.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't know that I trust this. They still just have way too many guys, and I think they have an opportunity to just mess with us every single Mm -hmm. week. Um, You know, I think that you might buy Peyton Barber this week, and then next week you're buying uh, J.D. McKissick. Like, Yeah. I don't know. I don't want but to mess with it. Maybe
1: Bryce Love. You never know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Healthy scratch this week and next week, they just they put all the work yeah. on. Yeah. Um let yeah, let's throw in a couple more names though, real quick. Chase Edmonds and Josh Kelly. I left them out because I feel like they're pretty heavily owned in in dynasty leagues. Yeah. But in redraft leagues, I mean Chase Edmonds. I mean, he was, he looked like the better player, honestly, than Ken yeah. Drake. I've thought that all along, but now we've got a little bit of confirmation. And then Joshua Kelly out touches uh, Justin Jackson easily and yeah. really kind of cut into Austin Eckler's work to a point where Eckler was, you know, not even actually startable. So. Those two guys are clearly going to be pretty involved for their teams with a shot at being kind of the feature back, the lead mm-hmm. back for both of their teams. At this point in the season in a redraft league or dynasty league where these guys happen to be available, I don't think it's going to happen very often. But if they are available, what, you know, I mean, they're they're, they're both priority one, right? Or, do they, or are they still behind? Naheem Hines, Benny Snell.
1: Um, I think they're, I'd put Benny Snell in the same category. I think that I would rank that like, uh, man, I don't know. Maybe my Snell love is too much. I think I'd put Snell and Kelly and Chase Edmonds together, kind of. And and then Naheem Hines is kind of the, the guy that maybe I, I'm a little bit more worried about the long-term.
0: Future, okay. So for Kelly and Edmonds, kind of the same percentage that you would put on those on on your top priority guy.
1: Yeah, man. I I'm I'm definitely like, and this isn't just uh because of what I said at the beginning, but yeah, I'm throwing a hundred percent at Joshua Kelly. So I can tell just like from my mindset of that, that's who I want the most. I believe in that role. Um, it's probably also one of those players I've kind of touted all off season. I liked the situation, even if Austin Eckler is successful, which I think he still can be. This is no Austin Eckler shade, but I think that I think that Joshua Kelly's going to come in and kind of play that like the cheap Melvin Gore Melvin Gordon um, role a little bit, and I think that he's just the back that's built for that a little bit more. Whereas if they get rolling again, if Tyrod Taylor can do it, I think that Eckler's still going to be like that PPR back and still get some touches. I think they can both be viable together. And that's why I like Josh. That's why I feel good about Joshua Kelly so much, because I think that they're going to try to have two viable running backs in that system. Um, So I feel a little bit better throwing it at him. Benny Snell, I think the same thing I'm probably comfortable throwing it at him. I mean, I have very high ownerships of both these players though. So to me, it's kind of like, why weren't they drafted? So if I see a player that I feel like, why weren't they drafted? I'm probably comfortable throwing all of my money at them.
0: Nice. All right. Let me give you, um, let me give you a few players. Um, Man. Now I'm, I'm, looking at the stat line and and kind of second guessing DeMarcus Robinson a little bit. Um six targets, three catches, 20 yards. Touchdown was called back. Um yeah, he he might be more of a next week this week. Guy. I'm going to take him off. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, we'll move on to wide receivers here. I'm going to give you some names and uh tell me, you know, among these guys who who are the, who are, who are worth waiver claims, who are the priorities um, and even a percentage on your top priority guy. So we've got Russell gauge. He goes nine catches on 12 targets, 114 yards matches, both Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and both, you know, targets and receptions. They all three go over a hundred yards. It's Ridley that gets the touchdowns. But I mean, he was just as involved. Yeah. On the other hand, well, I was going to say the 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 knock, I guess, is the fact that you know they ended up in a shootout. But that defense is bad. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Like that that maybe that's sustainable. Um, Keelan Cole ends up being uh, man. Like it's it's a little hard to determine a pecking order in Jacksonville for those receivers. DJ Chark we know is the number one, but he didn't really look like it. LaVisca Chennault ends up being the actual number one, at least for this week. Yeah, and Keelan Cole is still heavily involved. Still, you know, listed He ends up starting opposite DJ Chark, and uh, and still heavily involved. And then Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, the the great Aaron Rodgers performance. A, a lot of it came from those, you know, a couple vertical shots to MVS. I mean, he had six targets, uh, catches four of them for 96 yards in a, in a touchdown. Like he's averaging 24 yards per, tar- yeah, per, per reception. Crazy. Um, but I mean, that's, that's kind of the offense. And then, you know, yep. there's also Alan Lazard who, who very well might be available as well. I, I, put him down as being less likely to be available because it was he had the the preseason hype as the is the number two in that offense but um i think that you know at at least in redraft there's a possibility he's out there did a lavisca chennault um we can mix him in with keelan cole and then Corey davis um might be available in a lot of redraft leagues as well so
1: I bet Corey Davis is available in a lot of redraft leagues.
0: Yeah. And actually probably Robbie Anderson too. Mm -hmm. He had a monster game. He ends up being the number one wide receiver for the Panthers. So, you know, he, he, yet again, gets away from Adam Gase. And here we are. (laughs) That guy needs to, uh, man. How does he keep a job? I know. I know. I don't, I don't get it. And I'm, I'm getting really tired of these Adam Gase, you know, players finally breaking free from him, and then they turn into, you know, just like some of the best players in this league, where nobody's with Adam Gase, and it got away from him, and now they're they're, yeah, you know, they're like borderline elite tier. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a handful of guys for you: Russell Gage, Keelan Cole. Marquez Valdez Scantling, Alan Lazard, Corey Davis, LaVisca Chenault, Robbie Anderson. Um, who are uh, who are some guys that who are top targets for you? Um, and what are percentages that you would put on them? And is there yeah. anybody that you're not going after? So
1: I mean the huge question is is I mean, is Corey Davis for real? Because I want him to be so bad.
0: Yeah. Um, I know that uh we keep talking about that Devontae Parker. Yeah. Career arc, I think yep. we might be, we might so, be seeing it again here.
1: I mean, he he looked good. Yeah, even that catch that was called called off, it looked like was a catch.
0: Yeah. Um. To be fair though, this Broncos secondary is not nearly as good as they thought it was going to be. You can't yeah. just lose, you know, Chris Harris, and uh, you know, you you you. And you know, over time, they also lost guys like Akib to and mm-hmm. Darian Stewart. You can't keep taking away from your secondary and replacing them with guys who aren't quite as good. And the mm-hmm. Broncos have always done this, and it drives me nuts. They thought AJ Bouye was going to be an acceptable replacement for Christopher Harris. It's it's was it was yeah. never going to happen.
1: And so, I mean, we know Matt Ryan is going to sling it. Russell Gage is probably kind of going to take some of Austin Hooper's role and some of that Muhammad Sanu type type uh, player, maybe. I, that's not a bad role in that offense at all. It's um, not predictable week in, week out, but the floor is pretty high, even for that third option for Matt Ryan. <sighs> These are so tough, man. Like, I, I didn't think it was going to be this tough. I think that I'm still... <laughs> Going after Corey Davis because, man, you can't just all of a sudden thrust him in front of AJ Brown though and think he's going to be the number one all year long. Yeah. So, uh, man. Okay. So, I want (laughs) I want Shinnall the most. Me too. And I mean, he got two carries out of the backfield. He was only one to touch the ball out of that backfield outside of James Robinson. Um, I think that they'll find ways to use him and that offense is going to, I mean, I mean, they won, which is awesome. I hope to keep seeing that, but likely they're going to have to be airing it out like that to win. And I think that, uh, like you said, should not look to like the number one, even if he's not weekly, like you're in some trust with your quarterback as a rookie week one, if you play like that and he's out there having fun he went bowling in the end zone. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I got to go Chenault here and and redraft. I'm probably, I don't feel like I have to spend more than 20% because uh, I just don't think people are going to be that savvy to make that kind of move. So I think you can get for probably 10 to 20% of your budget. Redraft, I'm probably like that 10 to 20% max on any player this week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right.
1: But it's also like, unless it's a player that's really, I mean, we might not even be talking about today, unless it's one of those players, I don't think you have to spend 10 to 20%. Like it's probably actually kind of the area you have to be in is is where I was going. I kind of misspoke, but I think that's the area you have to be to have an opportunity to get these guys as well. Yeah. So you kind of have to pick your poison and see where you want to spend it.
0: Yeah. Like, I could see going a little heavier if you're a contender with a hole in your lineup, you know? Yeah. Like, if you if you lost a major piece, and, I mean, who really got hurt that's a major, you know, who was a, a you know, a major part of, you know, for fantasy purposes. Like, I don't think we really even. Don't um, really have I mean, that yet, yeah. Although I'm, you know, maybe maybe you went into the season with a, a really strong looking team, but you had, you know, I mean, one of the Browns you had like Nick mm-hmm. Chubb or Odell Beckham Jr. penciled in as is one of your. Then you're a little worried. Yeah, maybe you
1: thought Randall Cobb was going to be your wide receiver three.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, maybe you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that's where I think that you could spend and wide receivers a little bit easier a little bit easier to trust, you know, long-term. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, th- that's that's where I would be a little bit more willing to, to go after these guys. The problem is every single one of these guys still has a, a depth chart that they're going to have to battle every single week, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, that's why I'm with you on Chenault because... Like the rest of these guys, all of these guys are somewhere like third or fourth option in their option. Yeah. And Chennault, you know, is kind of the Debo Samuel of last year, where they're just going to manufacture touches for him. Yeah. Regardless of, you know, if it even even on those days where DJ Chark is going to be the feature guy in the passing game, Chennault's still going to be pretty involved. So I think
1: I kind of want Chennault then Corey Davis. And Mm -hmm. then I think I'm willing to take a shot at MBS. That's exactly how I have it
0: ranked, too. Yeah. 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 And like I said, I mean, I think, you know, for a contender that, you know, where you're a little bit worried about your wide receiver group and you don't have the depth, I think I'm probably going more like 20% on Chenault. But generally speaking, mm-hmm. I'm with you like yeah. the rest of these guys. It's like 10% is kind of my max, right? And especially yep. when there's this many of them that are so similar, like why spend any more than, you know, 5 dollars on any of them? Just put 5 dollars on on all of them and, and yeah, see what you get. Yeah, get one of them and you're good.
1: Make sure you prioritize and yeah, see who you get.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's fly through tight ends here real quick. I just want to see if any of these guys who flashed in week one are worth a waiver ad for you. And, and Logan Thomas is the only one who I think is really going to be available in a lot of dynasty leagues. Mm Although all all three of these guys might be Logan Thomas for sure. will be,
1: I picked up Logan Um, Thomas Sunday in the Scott fish bowl.
0: Oh, nice. I think I, I might've too. I was definitely going around loading up on him. Yep um david njoku gets the touchdown for the uh for the browns uh jimmy graham actually ended up with a pretty decent game as well for the bears so like these are you know all three of these guys i think there's actually a good chance that these guys are on waivers both in dynasty and redraft if you lost blake jarwin if you're not feeling good about rob gronkowski you know, some of the, uh, those are, those are some of the guy, Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper in a redraft yeah. league, man, cut him. We, yeah. I, I was saying this, uh, I'm not trying to, you know, to victory lap or brag or oh, anything here, you but like, this is the place for it. Yeah, it probably is. Austin who I, I was not, I was so out on Austin Hooper, a tight end changing teams is just not a, It's not a winnable situation. Just stay away from those. So Austin Hooper, especially now that it, I mean, we're still, we're still not seeing anything of any kind of value from Baker Mayfield at this point, but you know, Austin Hooper is just, he's, he's way too late to the, to the game here. So he's, he's not somebody that I was interested in anyways, but now I feel like in redraft leagues probably droppable. But yeah, if you're in a situation like that, these guys, uh, you know, to what degree are you going to prioritize them?
1: Yeah, and, and then Njoku, like, do you do you put a waiver claim in for him, or do you wait till waivers clear and assume that nobody picks him up because he's on the IR? And yeah. then if you do pick him up, you you throw him to the IR, and then I mean, you can get somebody else. So I love the addition of. Like in a redraft league, I don't think enough teams use that IR spot like a roster spot. So I want to find somebody to push to my IR in those leagues. And David and Joke would be a great ad. You probably could have him as like your last waiver priority, or throw no money at it, waivers clear, and then you go pick up somebody else that made it through waivers, and you get two free ads there.
0: Yeah, especially for those who don't understand the new IR rules and dr ethan talked about it last week, but i mean now it's it, it's on that's only three weeks yep it used to be half the season before yeah. you even and and they could only bring back one here in 2020 it's three weeks and they can bring back everyone off of i r so yeah David Njoku's coming back yep um Absolutely. it's just a ma- <laughs> it's just a matter of how invested do you want to be in that browns offense right now
1: yeah, there might be brighter days of, uh, ahead for him though. He's still young. I man, I want to buy some in dynasty now that we're talking about Dave Njoku.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I think that you bring up a good point and I'm I'm actually kind of questioning this a little. I'm I'm wondering like the, maybe the move is to wait past waivers and try and get these guys in first come first serve. Yeah. Free agency. I think I you
1: could get Njoku for free this week
0: yeah probably Graham too,
1: who you miss out, yeah, who you miss out on to like make sure you have that roster spot and then to be able to push them to your i r That's the big question, but I think you get ajoku for free, and then, yeah. like you said, then maybe you do go right back in and add Graham if you need a tight end,
0: yep, yeah, I feel like
1: we should have been talking about Graham a little bit more throughout the season or off season.
0: Yeah, probably. They just had a so many tight ends. It was like, yeah. But they end up moving on from, I mean, they, at one point, they cut Trey Burton and move mm-hmm. on from Adam, Adam Shaheen. Shaheen. So, yeah, it, it got a little bit clearer. It was just, at the time, it was like, was that rookie fever, Cole comment, Yep. Yeah, there you go. He's the man. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, it's coming. Um, do you just want to give us some names of players that you can drop to make room? I know that uh that a lot of it like I mean half of this is my list, but yeah, if you just want to run through all of the guys yeah. that you so, can drop I mean, to make the drops room that, for these. Um
1: John and I came up with and I, I agree with his. Um I don't know if he agrees with mine, but the list we have here is Matt Breda, Bryce Love, Justin Jackson, Chris Thompson, and Randall Cobb. Yep. And I think and I kind of had some high hopes for Randall Cobb, but yeah, I think you can drop all these guys to make room.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Bryce Love was well, obviously Breda, but um, Bryce Love was the other guy that I was pretty excited about, and then he's a healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, um, it for sure in redraft, and honestly, it if if you need to make room for some of these waiver priorities drop every single one of these guys regardless of the format dynasty yep yep uh how about some buys um i i came up with one guy there's not a lot just yet the idea of buy low sell high is it's a it's a little tricky this early in the season Mm -hmm. i don't think it quite exists the way a lot of people think um i don't think that a lot of people are gonna buy off of a or sell for that matter off of a one game sample size. Yeah. But James white, I think is a possibility. I think, um, you know, it, 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 this was just a, this was a game script that I don't think the Patriots are going to be in a whole lot. The dolphins offense, you know, they lost Devonte Parker and were otherwise just completely inept against the Patriots. So, you know, the the Patriots, their their whole thing is going to be it's going to be a lot of running the ball, particularly with Cam Newton, apparently, especially yeah. on the goal line and the passing game is going to be short to intermediate. Lots of, you know, rhythm based, lots of, you know, kind of working the middle of the field. They're not going to they're not going to take a lot of shots down the field. James White is perfect for this offense. We just didn't get a chance to see it against the Dolphins because they didn't need to. They didn't need to involve him. But I think there are a lot of teams who are going to push the Patriots a lot more than the Dolphins were able to. Yeah. And I think James White is going to be heavily involved. So if you can buy him right now based on the idea that Cam Newton is the lead back (laughs) for that team, I think James White is worth the the buy low opportunity. Yeah, and, and I mean you shouldn't
1: have to pay too much for James White anyway. Yeah, uh,
0: sell so guys. Um, I, I'll I'll give you the first one. Maybe you could go over the second one. I don't even remember whose was who's on this, but I know that I put Zach Moss just because I know that Fantasy Twitter, Dynasty Twitter was looking for any opportunity to celebrate Zach Moss. And the reality is, and and they got that opportunity because he... he, The touchdown, like you said. Yeah, he catches a pass for a touchdown. One of three receptions that he had, by the way. He also, but he was out Targeted four times. Yep, yep, targeted four times. He caught three of them. One of them was for a touchdown. He had fewer carries than Devin Singletary. He had fewer targets than Devin Singletary. It, this is this is still very much a split backfield. Maybe, maybe Zach Moss is your goal line back. I don't even know about that. What are you trying to buy? Um, with that Moss share, James White. <laughs> yeah, you would make that move. I think I would in a redraft league. I for sure would. Okay, a PPR. Would you do re- it in Dynasty? Yeah. I don't think I could quite go that far. I know far. it's two different worlds, but yeah. 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 I don't think I could quite do I, I it. I want to
1: give this one another week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, I, yeah. And none of the, the other guys on our ad list, um, I would give up for Zach Moss, or I would I would give Zach Moss up for them. So, yeah. I mean, I think that he's still valuable enough. It's got to be a pretty strong deal, but um, he's if if you run into those on, on Twitter who were really hoping for a Zach Moss moment yeah. and got it, like, I think that you can go after them, and I think you can get a pretty good return.
1: Yeah, and that's how I feel about the next one on our list, and that's Antonio Gibson. I feel like there's still enough people that are going to be into him, and um, that you could still sell Antonio Gibson. I don't know how you feel about Antonio Gibson. I've been off him the whole time. That's probably a big part of the reason he made my list here. But nine attempts, thirty-six yards. He also had the two receptions on two targets for another eight yards. No touchdown. A touchdown would have changed everything. I I totally get that. Same like it did for Zach Moss, but um. I, I just I just think we got a little ahead of ourselves on Antonio Gibson and the perceived role that we thought he'd have. Maybe it's a little early to sell. That's how I feel about you on Zach Moss, so I could, I could totally make that argument for Antonio Gibson as well. I just feel like you could still do well enough with Antonio Gibson that if he has a little bit more success, you're still going to be fine with the return you get for him, but if he fails, you're going to be really glad you moved on from him
0: yeah i think so I, I i'm with you on all of that i kind of i i i bought into it a lot harder than i should have too and uh i don't i don't know that this is gonna going to materialize he did look, he looked good i thought with his limited amount of work i thought mm-hmm. he looked pretty electric he
1: well, averaged pretty four yards used to limited work
0: yeah yeah he's he's good on a limited basis this is definitely true that's his profile uh, yeah it's but it probably is a little too a little too early to sell but um, mm-hmm. i mean i i I, j- I think that that backfield's just gonna be a mess and hard to hard to navigate on a weekly basis
1: yeah yeah i agree that whole team and uh, i mean even them like at first like mclaurin luckily ended up coming up with some points by the end of the game but ugh, i was so worried haskins looked like crap at the beginning of that
0: yeah um you've got some dynasty buy sells and holds for us buy, uh, you wanna... sells and
1: holds so my buy yeah. and i put this on here even before the news John brought up at the beginning of the show, but that was Allen Robinson and I'm still going to go out and buy him. It, um, hopefully he stays with the bears. Mitch Trubisky made him a wide receiver one last year, whether we like it or not. I'd love to see Allen Robinson on a, in a winning situation, um, in the NFL, but I, I'm all about buying Allen Robinson on the soft week one. My cell was Melvin Gordon. I don't know how you feel about this one, John. Um, I know that sometimes this is like you're a wide receiver guy. So this is how you get your running backs on players like this that have depreciated a little bit of value. But I feel like with Phil Lindsay out, um, I mean, in redraft, like I'm all about Melvin Gordon, like in buying this, but this presents an opportunity to you to where you can maximize on like even an ease of movement to get rid of Melvin Gordon for something kind of nice in dynasty. Absolutely. I feel like you can use him throughout the season. I think he's going to be viable, but there aren't, these these opportunities to sell some of these older running backs don't come up very often. I think this is a great sell opportunity for Melvin Gordon. And my hold is Baker Mayfield. Now, this one's a little different because I'm done with Baker. I, I'm ready to move on. I, I truly am. But I think you have to wait. I mean, they did play the Ravens. It's a stout defense. I think you need to hold on to Baker and sell after a week or two of of good production and i do think we need to move on from baker but you're not gonna do well you know people aren't even gonna take you seriously if you send them a trade for baker today unless they really like him um so i think you have to hold baker for a brighter day and he'll he'll definitely make this sell list at some point for me
0: yep agreed let's uh we got one more segment here we went long um it this is usually going to be a, a much shorter show, but you know I we had a lot to set up here for I our talk first too episode much. of the year. I I do it too, man. <laughs> I, it, <laughs> I just love talking about this stuff so much, and especially this is a very strategic episode, and I love the str- the strategy of fantasy football, dynasty football. I love talking about that stuff and kind of you know, honing our processes and
1: trying to keep you straight. So you don't need to worry about staying
0: ahead of the curve. Yes,
1: exactly.
0: I, it, we, d- we do this every single week, the SOPs, the standard operating procedures, we're going to do this every week in season, um, you know, and help you prepare not only for your waivers, but for, um, you know, trade negotiations um, and first come fr- first serve free agency uh, every single week and uh it's just such a fun episode to me it's easy to to just talk and talk about these guys and especially in early in the season like this when there's so much you know there's so much turnover there's a lot to talk about but yeah um, we're gonna we're gonna try our best to get through this episode you know this segment uh fairly quickly and uh um, get out of here on a, in a somewhat reasonable amount of time, and then uh, generally this is going to be a much shorter episode. But uh, again, I like I just felt like there was a lot that needed to be set up at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. and the, there's there are a lot of names right now, a lot of names to talk about. We already talked about top waiver priorities. But now we're going to get to my absolute favorite favorite segment that we do for the SOPs. And it's called Next Week, This Week, where basically these are guys who are likely going to be, we're going to be talking about them next week as, as waiver priorities that you have to go target. We're going to be saying, you know, you have to go put 10, 15, 20 plus percent on these guys to get them. But if you add them now, they're free that yep. you, you can add them in free agency. You can put a zero or a $1 bid, whatever your league will allow, whatever your minimum bid is. You, you get them now, stash them for a week. And then next week when they become, you know, that top priority, you're already going to have them so that you saved yourself a mm-hmm. significant amount of fat. You, I mean, you may be able to wait, and and I think you just try to get them as soon as possible.
1: You might even be able to wait till the waivers clear on some of these guys.
0: Yeah, so very most of them, I think you probably will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a it, to me, it's a very useful, very important segment, and I love doing this one. Um, but let's just we'll just take turns, and I'll let you go first. Oh man. So, well,
1: then I'm going to go to one of my guys I added last minute here, and I'm going to skip down the list and go to Traquan Smith and Emmanuel Sanders and just kind of group them together. If if Michael Thomas misses time, which you very well could, I mean, do do we know anything about that yet?
0: Where the hell is Ethan? <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, those high are two guys. That which, I, it it's would, bad, yeah. Yeah, a high ankle sprain. I mean, he's week to week, but that kept – Saquon out for what three weeks four weeks last year did you
1: see that block that Traquan Smith put on to get Kamara in yes (laughs) that's the kind of stuff that's going to keep him on the field like people are disappointed with Traquan Smith's production and um maybe you were hoping a little bit too much out of him anyway if that's the case because we kind of know what Drew Brees does most of the time and that's target Michael Thomas and Kamara but man if if Thomas misses some time. Like we've seen, Traquan Smith have some successful outings, and again, those kind of little plays, like a block like that, that's what's going to keep somebody like Traquan Smith on the field and developing. And um, I, I like him and Amanda Neal Sanders for free right now a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. it may especially... be a little more
1: owned, that, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and Traquan kind of came on late in the offseason as, yep. as kind of a sleeper. But, yeah, especially in redraft leagues, I think these guys mostly were ignored. And yep. even with a healthy Michael Thomas, we saw that they're still going to use somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody else is going to be involved. Yep. Um I'm going to start with Scotty Miller, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks, who became a, a target hog. In week one, it, it just looks like he's going to be Brady's Julian Edelman. He's got a comfort level with Scotty Miller working out of the slot. And, um, you know, we we know that Mike Evans wasn't at full health, although, I mean, he was good enough to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also, you know, Brady was having a hard time connecting with both Evans and Godwin. You could tell that there were some, you know, some some wires getting crossed there, some some signals getting mixed up. Um, but Scotty Miller was just there. He was just always this this kind of safety blanket for Brady. And I think that's only gonna develop further. So Scotty Miller is was already the top wide receiving option for the Bucks, but on an offense that already has, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, mm-hmm. now OJ Howard scoring a touchdown, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. Scotty Miller is going to be He's really going to fly under the radar despite the fact that he was obviously Brady's top option.
1: Yeah. I'll get the next one on your list and uh, Daryl Williams. I think, man, I think that's a good one for free right now, especially with all the CEH hype, like love that's rightly going around. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. people like this are easily forgotten about when you have a hyped number one running back on a team and the opportunities that Williams still got and could get and will absolutely get if worst case CEH is injured.
0: Yeah. Plus Clyde Edwards Alaire gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage or at the at the goal line what six times. Six
1: times and people want to act like that doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine that they're going to continue running you know, the, the, the little guy up the middle around. Yeah, the goal. Yeah. I think they're going to try and figure out something else for their, yeah. you know, to, to punch it in once they're down at the one. Yeah. I think Daryl Williams yeah. has that chance.
1: Uh, absolutely, man. And I mean, people need to understand here. And anybody that's listened to me a lot knows that I've been low on CEH. So a little different from that, though, that this us saying Daryl Williams isn't us saying that CEH didn't have a good week. It's not us saying that he's not going to be the lead back in that offense. But mm-hmm. those six stuffs like mentioned, I mean, that is a big deal to an NFL coach. It doesn't it, it it really is. And people are like, oh, why are you focusing on that? And then you have people kind of tweeting out like little things like oh so and so just got stuffed how do you feel about him now and it's like well that's one stuff you know compared to six from a running back that's a big deal they do need to figure out a a, a situation there i mean they might as well just have mahomes run it in if that's the case
0: yeah seriously it's it's bad process yep. to sit there making excuses for the guy the bottom line is he's a smaller back yep and that's fine. I again, uh, he didn't even he didn't even touch his potential the other night with over 130 rushing yards sure. and that long touchdown. Yep. He still like he wasn't even involved in the passing game yet. Right. At some yeah. point, you still have that upside coming yep. with CEH. Yep. So yeah, this is not meant to be a knock on him as a player. He's he's got a lot more <laughs> ceiling that he hasn't even got to. Yeah. But, yeah, the bottom line is you're, you, Andy Reid is not going to continue to slam little CEH into the end of the line yep. at, down around the goal line, especially when it's not working. You're not getting the push up front. And, you, you know, when that's the case, you have to have that bigger body guy who can muscle his way in. Yep. That's not Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Somebody else is going to take on that role. And I think once they do, I'm just based on, you know, the effectiveness of this offense overall, the potency of this offense. Whoever's the goal line back is going to, is going to have multiple touchdown upside every single week because they're going to be down there a lot. Yep. Uh, Royce Freeman is the next one for me. Uh, Philip Lindsay out with turf toe. Last year, that kept Devonte Adams out for four weeks. So, you know, I I don't know. Like they said, mild turf toe. I'm curious to talk to Ethan about that one and see if is is mild turf toe, like there are there degrees of turf toe. Yeah, I mean, anytime because, I hear
1: turf toe, I get kind of worried for yeah. the player. Like it could be I, I don't know. We've seen players miss some time with turf toe over the years or affect their play. So. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely a little bit concerned there. I think Royce Freeman's a great ad.
0: Yeah, he takes over that that second back role and um this is this might be the last opportunity here yep. for Royce Freeman. He's not been able to beat out Philip Lindsay. So now a Philip Lindsay injury may be just <laughs> just the opportunity yeah. he needed. Hopefully he takes advantage
1: of it. I, I'd love to see yep. Freeman succeed still. Yeah. Um, the next one on your list, I'm curious. Um, do you think Case Keenum – do you think Baker loses that job or do you think that's an injury? Why do you want Case Keenum? Because I'm with you. I'm with you, but I'm kind of yeah. curious. Like...
0: I, I'm more worried about him losing the job. I don't think it's coming anytime soon necessarily. Yeah. But the the more we see Baker Mayfield struggle, the more people are going to start to jump on this train of – you know, this This might be it. It might be time to call Baker Mayfield a bust. You also have to keep in mind that Case Keenum had quite a bit of success with Kevin Stefanski, and there's familiarity there. Kevin Stefanski knows that he can protect his job with Case Keenum if he yeah. doesn't feel like he's going to be able to justify uh, his job with with Baker Mayfield, he'll absolutely make the switch. And honestly, I think Case Keenum might be better for our fantasy wide receivers. So, yeah. It's yeah, man. It's 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 speculative as hell, but there there are a lot of different indicators. No, that, I
1: mean Case Keenum started to create Terry McLaurin.
0: Yep. Yeah, he was excellent with Washington. Yep. He's was excellent with Minnesota. He sucked with Denver, but beyond that, he's been he not only has he been fantasy relevant, he's been able to make his weapons fantasy relevant as yep.
1: well. Yeah, I like that one.
0: And then my last one is Nick Mullins. And uh, you know, it's it's along the same lines. We know that San Francisco loves Nick Mullins, we know that you know, teams have have tried to trade for Nick Mullins. And have been unsuccessful because San Francisco doesn't, you know, first of all, they love Nick Mullins. They know what he's, what he was able to do two years ago in 2018. And uh, they also, I don't think that they're totally sold on Jimmy Garoppolo and I'm not either. Yeah. (laughs) He was not good, man. Against a very beatable Arizona team. And Mm -hmm. they lost that freaking game. That's the big thing. They're not going to allow that to continue to happen. Yeah,
1: I, I would love to see Nick Mullins get another opportunity in the NFL. And he's only, what, 25, 26? He's a yeah. young guy still.
0: Yep. Yep, with success in this league and familiarity with Shanahan and that offense. And I don't know. The the big thing with both of these quarterbacks is just the fact that the starting quarterback continues to underwhelm. Yep there could be there could be changes coming yeah i love it nice that should do it for this episode of your Superflex standard operating procedures though and uh we'll be back next week with some more of them but for now those are your sops so now go execute yes